Welcome, gentlemen, to another FamCore podcast. The audio you are about to hear is taken from a video on our YouTube channel. I hope it encourages you and strengthens your faith that this is God's world and it is inescapable, especially in the area of morality. Hey, gentlemen, uh, I'm part of some apologetics groups on Facebook, and recently someone had mentioned the name Chris LaForest. Uh, they were talking about some uh, videos that he was doing on YouTube. Chris is an atheist. And he was just taking on various topics. And uh, it looks like he actually has interviewed some people. I haven't watched those yet. Um, but he had a good deal. He has a good deal to say from what I can tell about morality. So that interested me. Um, maybe you've seen my video that I did on Matt Dillahunty um, in where do um, atheists get their morality? How do they justify it? Where do they ground it? That sort of thing. So I thought I'd take a look. The first video that I watched of Chris LaForest was called, I have it here, Atheism, Agnosticism, Deism. What are they and what's with all the confusion? And near the end of the 13-minute mark, he says this. Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, share. And one last thing. I don't care what you believe if it doesn't hurt somebody. I don't care what you believe if you're not hurting yourself. I want people to believe things that help them be better people in that they're increasing the well-being of others, the reducing the suffering of others. And every decision they make, they compare with empathy, which are my rules for morality. That's what I care. So whether you're an agnostic, an atheist, a deist, a theist, or whatever it is, as long as you're doing those things, I like you around. And so even though it was his closer, I thought I would ask him about that. So I said, and you can see the comment by Famcore down under the video, I said, hey, Chris, question about your closing words. Is reducing the suffering of others objectively right, or is reducing the suffering of others just your personal preference? Thanks. So if you've seen my other videos, you know what I'm driving at here. I'm trying to determine how they justify the morality that they do have. What did they base that on? And he was kind enough to respond to my comment, and he actually referred me to another video that he had already done. And the video that he had already done was called, We Have to Take Morality away from the realm of religion. So I did watch the video and I was just gonna go through it a little bit here, not minute by minute, because um, that would just be really long, but I'm gonna to try to hone in on the parts that I feel were what he intended for me to, to take away in response to my particular question. So I was asking, is this objectively right? Or is this just your opinion? And so that's what I'm gonna hone in on here. So I had a pretty interesting discussion with a fundamentalist Christian, a Calvinist specifically, the other day about morality. And we got into it pretty, pretty deep. And here's the, here's the basics. He says that morality is absolute. It's derived from the will of Yahweh, his God. And um, there, there, there's a standard by which we must hold ourselves as humans. And it is Yahweh's will. Now, the best part about talking with Calvinists is they are, in my experience, the most literal trans translators of the Bible. They interpret the Bible extremely. Literal. They'll interpret various passages to suggest that, yep, yep, God creates certain people and allows them to exist solely so they can go to hell. Um, so, Same. yep, slavery, yep, good on, good on everybody for following slavery uh, back then. And um, they're also presuppositionalists. Look it up. So in that first minute, a lot of straw man stuff going on there. I'm not going to bite. Uh, I'm not going to bite. All right, here we go. Moving on. 
my position of morality is that it is subjective. It is not objective or, excuse me, absolutely objective, but in its nature, it is subjective. And we have uh, objective um, rules that we've derived from a subjective uh, nature. So uh, let's start with me first. Subjective nature getting to a an objective source. So this makes people just like they, they, they're like, oh, that's how could you possibly do that? It's super easy, super easy to understand. Um, games. So he's going to use an analogy based upon how games are made up, and they're created, and then they are played. Their things are hashed out, then they're codified, and then that's the game. So if you go to the NFL and you want to enter into an NFL football game, you cannot, I was trying to think of something funny, something absurd. You can't do, you have to obey by their rules, right? Um, why? Did God say so? No, of course not. That's just the rules that they created. It's a convention. It's like us driving on the right side of the road in America. And that's often the, the oft-used example of a, of a convention. It's not right or wrong. It's what we've decided to do. It works because we all um, use it. So just like the NFL has their rules and you are wrong if you try to play within their game doing something absurd or crazy, you're wrong because they have established that. And he's trying to show that that is how our morality is. So anyways, I'll let you listen to it in his own words. Games. Soccer, football, like we, we, these are totally arbitrary. They're completely subjective in nature. It's just people bouncing around and, and, and starting off doing things. And eventually after some, some movement and some coalescence of thought to all the people participating, some rules form. Uh, now we have games that are standard right now, like soccer, football, um, cricket, baseball, all these things. But children, you can see this happening with children just, just on a playground or out on, a, out on a lawn or in a garden somewhere. And th they'll just start running around. They'll, they'll just run around. They'll pick up sticks and things and, and throw things. And, and eventually, they only have to be out there for 20 minutes, maybe, maybe a half hour before two, three, four, five kids will just start making up rules. They'll start to say, well, that's out of bounds, right? They'll start using language that's familiar to them from other games. They'll say, well, that's out of bounds. You can't go there. They'll, they'll say, oh, um, that's the objective. That's that's the goal right there. And they'll just start adding layers to it. And and, and they'll all agree. And if, if somebody disagrees, they'll say, no, no, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. And and then usually some leadership will form. Like th th we see this happening all the time. Things like popular sports like basketball and, and soccer and, and cricket just happen to be a broader version of that. But the reality is it's all subjective. It's, we, we, we made it up by consensus. But once we have the rules, the object rules, now we have a comparative standard by which to hold the participants. Well, morality is much the same way. Um, humanity is just kind of bounced around and, and, and reacted to things and tried to figure things out over time. And then once we started codifying things through pictographs and letters and words and, and concepts, we, we started codifying these, these bouncing around reactions. And, you know, I don't want that. I want this. Uh, well, someone else wants this and someone else wants that and doesn't want this and doesn't want that. We eventually come to a broad sense of morality, which is uh, increasing well-being while reducing suffering and comparing that with empathy. 
that's my definition. And there's, you know, there's other thinkers and talking heads out there who kind of kind of say similar things. But mine is increasing well-being, reducing suffering, comparing it with empathy. It's it's that simple. Okay, so he ends up saying as he comes out of that, we eventually come to a broad sense of morality, which is uh, reducing harm and increasing well-being. What do you say? Increasing well-being while reducing suffering. Okay. And that's his definition. And he points out that there's some other uh, thinkers that um, say similar things. The analogy, I love analogies. I use them all the time. And I'll be the first to say that analogies break down because they're not the thing. They're just representative. So they break down. They're not perfect. But this analogy doesn't work at all. And this is why no one treats morality like he's trying to say they do. There's a huge disconnect between what he's trying to say morality is like and how we actually live and how we actually treat it. So just as a quick thought experiment, pretend that you had a group uh, over here playing a game that they made up. Another group is over here playing a game they made up. And I wonder if, according to Chris LaForest, would this game, would this um, this group of people over here, would they, would their game ever be so different than this game over here as to justify this group over here physically intervening and stopping them from playing their game? So if this group over here decides that they love people so much, but they just really love people that are just like them themselves. They really love a certain ethnicity and they love that ethnicity so much and love some people so much that they want to make sure that their culture stays pure. Right. And they deem these other folks uh, as taking away from the culture and the race. So they're going to eliminate them and they, but they all agree all of them. So they're playing their game according to their rules. And obviously I'm not talking about games anymore, but how, how were, how were the allies justified in stopping Hitler according to the analogy that there's a group consensus about what is right and wrong because Hitler didn't do what Germany did alone. Adolf Hitler didn't do all of the killing with his own hands. He had many, many, many other men, soldiers doing these wicked, wicked things to the Jews. There were a lot of them. There was a consensus. So that was their consensus that those were their rules that is wrong. And we're going to stop you. We're going to physically stop you. So then I know that an atheist will say, well, not all groups believe the same things to be right. And some are superior, but I have to press the point. They can't say who's which group is right. They believe they're right, but don't all groups, right? All groups believe they are right. So is it just the, the Sam Harris's and you know, this type that have the publishing deals in the West 
are they the ones that get it? And everyone else, well, anyone else that disagrees, doesn't, they're wrong. And depending on how different they are, you, we might have to intervene, you might not. So, so let me back up a second. In the uh, video about Matt Dillahunty, and we talked about morality and where to get the morality from, how do you account for it? The first, the first uh, acknowledgement is we have it. We have morality. We all have the morality inside us. So then, it, the the idea is, where you know, how, how do we account for it? Where did it come from? Are we bound by it? So the atheist. Like Chris LaForest, he's trying to account for that. He's trying to account for it. And he says, yeah, I know it's here. We made it so. But the, the trouble is in the part where he says, we. We. Guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the FamCore podcast. I wanted to take a second to let you know that I also do voiceover. So if you have a business or produce videos or podcasts, training materials, digital marketing, whatever you might need a voice for, feel free to shoot me an email about your project, famcoreorg at gmail.com. That's famcoreorg at gmail. Just put VO as in voiceover in the subject line. We all have the morality inside us. So then it, the, the idea is, where, you know, how, how do we account for it? Where did it come from? Are we bound by it? So the atheist, like Chris LaForest, will, he's trying to account for that. He's trying to account for it. And he says, yeah, I know it's here. We made it so. But the, the trouble is in the part where he says, we. We. So many times in his video... He talks about consensus and just the the wisdom of, of the crowd. Listen to how many times in this video he says, you know, we all know. I think we know. Of course we know, Chris. Of course we know. We're image bearers of God. That's written on our hearts. The Christians will tell you that's why we all know what is right and wrong, generally speaking. I think most of us can agree what what well-being is we can all agree on these things i think we can agree that that's morality we already have a morality with that standard we have this consensus it is a subconscious consensus most people would say yeah that's mostly good we, we all live by it we all live by certain moral standards we we all want to increase joy and elation and, and comfort and community and and we have a consensus we have a uh, we have a consensus here that has been worked on for generations and generations, and we ended up here. And it's good, isn't it? We all agree it's good, right? You agree? I mean, you agree, right? Yeah. Uh, reducing suffering? Yeah. Are you with me? Of course you are. Sure. And uh, what? Increase uh, well-being. For now, I think we can agree that that's morality. But the the religious will throw in, especially this Calvinist, for example, will throw in Yahweh or El or Allah. You know, they'll throw in some, you know need for a supernatural entity to make it more right or more moral, which is weird because we already have a morality with that standard. Um, now, the, the presuppositionalist Calvinist will say, well, Chris, you, you don't have a standard for your morality, which I, I said very consensus. No, this is not a raise your hand vote. 
It's a general consensus through experience. We, through, through, through thousands of years of, of discussion, movement, action, consensus of existence, just by, by living next to someone, we have this consensus. Um, but he'll claim some absolute morality, some, um, you know, his God told him so. Many people say, my God told me this. Uh, you know, Yahweh told me. Allah told me, or us told humanity. So that's great. I would say, well, let's 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 say that's true. How do we know what your God said? Well, we. Well, my my Bible's over there, but they'll pick up the Bible and say, well, we have my God's word. We have Yahweh's word right here, and I'll say, great. Let's see what it says. Now, unfortunately, this is where we have the thousands of sects of Christianity. They all interpret it differently. That's why there's so many different sects. If everybody interpreted it the same way. And agreed, there would just be one religion. There isn't. There's thousands of different versions of Christianity. Some people would say for every Christian, there's a different version of Christianity because it's a personal religion. And Islam and Judaism and, and, and I guess you could throw in paganism as well. You know, what, what do they believe? Do they believe in the same God? They just believe in a different God. They just have a different name, you know. One of the things I thought was interesting, too, is he, he makes the comment that um, this person he was talking to wants to throw in Yahweh to make it more right, to make right more right, like he needed the backup. And Chris is saying, you don't need that. We all know. We all know what's right and wrong. You don't need that. And, you know, this is comical because we know it because it was given to us. You know, a, a cold impersonal universe didn't make us care about these things they were it was written on our hearts that's why we know and that's why we care so that's why the person he was talking to is saying yeah it's it's tied to god and that's why chris is saying well we all know um, we don't need to tie it to a god it doesn't make it more right it accounts for it it accounts for it, Chris. Atheists like Chris LaForest are just trying very hard to find a reason for the morality because they know they have it. They know it's within them. They they know, but they're trying to say, okay, how do you know? How does that come about in an impersonal, accidental universe? And so, you know, there's this construct of well, um, you know, it was made up, and, and over a lot of time and a lot of bumps and bruises. A culture comes up with this, and we codify it, we write it down, and boom, now it's right and wrong. But um, those are hollow words. Those are hollow words. We don't live that way. I doubt that he lives that way. If there's another group over here that set up their game in a way that you know is wrong, if it's wrong enough, you're going to intervene. This, the analogy doesn't even get started. It doesn't work. Morality is not like that, and we all know it. Now, I can appeal to, hey, we all, because I'm, I'm telling you, the answer is God made us that way. He put it on our hearts. We're image bearers. But when atheists say, well, we all know, and we can all get... <laughs> they're, they're, they're proving my point, but what point of theirs are they proving? Just saying it over and over doesn't help their case. Yes, we all know. I've told you my reason why we all know is the atheistic consensus that we all know just because we're the largest current group 
did it change? Did it, you know, is it going to stop right here? You know, what about abortion? We have a huge divide in, in the West, at least, about abortion being right or wrong. You know, what about that? Where is that going to end up? All right, so then we have the little jab at the interpretation and all of the sects of Christianity and uh, all the divisions. Uh, there's not a thousand sects of Christianity. Uh, that's just untrue. Christianity, by definition, narrows it down quite a bit um, based upon biblical Christianity. So uh, followers of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus are going to narrow that way down, way down. So there are thousands of different wacky beliefs. Sure, always has been, always will be, but there's not thousands of sects of Christianity. So I recommend plucking morality away from the clutches of religion and, and just making it just like mathematics. Just make it, I mean, Sam Harris talks about this in The Moral Landscape. You know, it, it, we don't argue about you know, math. You know, here's, here's a method by which we determine numerical values or, or geometry or algebra. We just use it because it's true. And morality is the same way. It's just a method. It's a process, just like the scientific process, process mathematical processes, musical processes, which, by the way, music can be interpreted as um, subjective, what is beautiful, what, what no one's arguing about it, whether, whether God is in it or not, or, or Yahweh or El or Allah. No one's arguing about it. We accept it as a, as a basically an amoral process, while morality in itself is a process that... Um, we, we all live by it. We all live by certain moral standards that I presented. We need to take it out of religion. We need to get it out of it because the more people are saying, well, my God isn't in your morality, therefore I'm going to other you. Other being a, a verb in this case. I'm going to other you. I'm going to make it us versus automatically. Let's take that out of religion. It doesn't need to be there. You can still believe in your afterlife. You can still believe in, you know, your, your holy prophets and have morality agreed upon by all peoples. All people can agree on morality if we just take it out of religion, where you don't have to compare it to a faith in something. So he wants to talk about how we should treat morality like we do mathematics. Uh, we don't squabble over it, he points out. We don't argue over it. We just use it because it's true. And that's a great point for the Christian side. The problem, again, is what are you what are you holding there? What's in your hands, Mr. LaForest, or as I like to say, what are you standing on? Where'd that come from? Where'd you get that? And he's saying, well, uh, I know it's here. Sure, we can all agree on that. Uh, and this is where I think it came from. Uh, we started standing many different places and we kind of all just ended up standing right here. So therefore standing right here, this on this thing, uh, this is what's right and wrong, and, and we can all agree on that. And the Christian says, What you're standing on is the law of God, it's written on our hearts. You stand there to live your life, and most everyone does, most everyone does agree, like you said, for this reason. It was written on our hearts. So, although I know that you want to go on and just use it like math and just try to detach any um, I want to be charitable I in these situations I want to say they want to detach any accountability and any recognition of sin because 
I'm a sinner, and I know that that's the big sticking point, right? God is holy. I am not. God is holy. We are not. And we don't like that. Our sin nature doesn't like that. We don't want to be in the light because uh, our sin nature loves the darkness and the deeds of the darkness. When you try to take God's stuff, but tear it apart from God, there's always one reason to do that. It's always the same reason. I'm sure that he does want to <laughs> remove God from morality and just use the morality. That's fine. Morality proper is not going to condemn me for my sin. So I'm fine with using morality. I know it's here. It's true. Let's just use it. And can we just forget about God? Can we please just forget about everything that goes with it? I'll use this. I'll use this right here. But that's the point we can't get past, right? We can't move past. We can't say, oh, okay, sure. Well, let's treat it like, like mathematics because we know it's true. And we all agree that doing X, Y, Z is wrong. So we won't do it. And okay, sure. But that didn't solve anything. The whole idea is, is that, has God spoken or has he not? Do we all know it because it was written on our hearts or because that's just where most of us are standing today after a bunch of trial and error and agreements? avoid suffering, the physical suffering that we experience. And again, this has nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with, with belief in the afterlife. We can't affect those things. Now, some people would say we can. Well, no, we can't because we can't even demonstrate them to exist. Keep those beliefs if they, if they make you feel good. Keep them, you know, if, if, they, if they make you, uh, you know, somehow a better person, that's great. But if you increase the suffering of other people, you're being immoral. If you increase the well-being of people, you're being moral. It, when compared with other attributes, just because you're increasing the well-being of two or three people, but, but you're causing suffering in others, that's most people generally consider that immoral. And, and if, but we got to get it out of religion. We have to take it out of sectarianism. We can't believe that I'm more moral than you because I believe a certain way. It's got to come out. It's gotta, and it can, and I think it will eventually. I think we're coming closer and closer to that. But. All right, so what have we taken away from this? Increasing well-being and reducing suffering. Are those admonitions that he gave in the other video, are those right apart from him? Or are they just his opinion, his preference? He directed me to this video, which we've watched. I've talked about some of it. There's much more we could talk about, obviously. But I'm trying to take away what was the answer to my question? Now, even this the title of the video, we have to take morality away from the realm of religion. That title is what he spent most of the video talking about. And that assumes the morality already and just says, and just wanting to detach it from God. But that doesn't answer the question. And the first part of the video is where he talks about the analogy of the games. I completely understand his analogy. He said at the beginning, it's so simple to understand. It, it's not, if he has other Christians talking uh, about it like I am, it's not that we don't understand it. It's that it doesn't work. It's not at all analogous. And then the rest of the video talking about how we need to take it away. We need to treat it like math. Um, we, can't, um, we can't all agree on interpretations of scripture anyway. No need to invoke our God because we know we have it, right? We all agree. Hey, buddy, you know, you know we all agree, right? So why do we need to 
um, attach God to it. And, you know, we, we touched on that. Of course, he wants to not have God attached to it or be the, the author of it, of course. But that doesn't, you know, that desire to detach it, that doesn't answer the question. So when I ask someone like Chris LaForest, is increasing well-being and decreasing harm, is that objectively right or is it just your opinion? The best that I can tell is it's his opinion. Because in this entire video, uh, he wasn't able to say anything but we've arrived there and so we're calling it good. And then near the end here, he talks about if we could just use morality like we do mathematics, you can keep your belief in deities. You can keep, you can still believe what you want to believe about that. You can still, if it makes you feel good. And that's funny because that's what he's doing. You know, he's using it, but he wants to keep his belief that there is no creator and no sovereign lawgiver because it makes him feel better. All right, so that's a, a few thoughts on Chris LaForest's video titled, We Have to Take Morality Away from the Realm of Religion. I hope that that was helpful to you. It's hard to go back and forth from a video, especially when you want to go down so many rabbit trails. And uh, so hopefully it wasn't too choppy for you. Hope that you were able to get something out of it. I'm thankful for everyone's ability to speak freely. Uh, we live in a great country, and I'm glad that we can put opposing views out there and have dialogue and, and debate. All right, if you are interested in apologetics, you can check out my other videos on YouTube, uh, or you can go to fancore.com, and under courses, it'll take you to the course site, and there's uh, apologetics video courses in sizes, small, medium, and large, and there's one for kids, about fourth to seventh grade-ish. The Rated G course, is, it's free, it always will be. Uh, it's a great beginner's course for kids to uh, begin critical thinking and to think about thinking and to recognize um, worldviews and that sort of thing. And then lastly, you can check out the uh, podcast. They're on most every major podcast platform, so just search FamCore on your favorite uh, platform. Mm -hmm.